Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. much. I just wanted to start off by saying I really appreciate being given the opportunity to speak today. Um, Mother's Day is one of my favourite days. I love a day that celebrates women and all the mums in our life. And yeah, I just think it's such a blessing to be able to come and bring a message to you on such a great day. But obviously, knowing that it was Mother's Day, I was thinking about what I would speak about. And I obviously started speaking about, thinking about, sorry, um, Mums that I'd witnessed do amazing things. And this story came to my mind that happened to me last year, and it's a very innocuous story, but it stuck with me. And it was an encounter I had with a mum in a Woolworths last year. And it's probably something that you've either experienced or witnessed yourself. But basically what happened was is I was at the salad aisle getting something for myself and this mum with these two beautiful little toddlers came up. She couldn't find something and she asked me to point her in the direction. And so I did. But because it was quite late at night, there wasn't many people in Woolworths, we tended to do the thing where we kept crossing paths. So we'd go down one aisle and cross paths and then we'd go back up the next aisle and cross paths. And the whole way, because we'd had a two-second conversation, we kind of knew each other. We gave each other the look of like, oh, hi, it's you again. So that kept happening the whole way through the shop until I was about halfway through when I started to hear this little girl screaming and it was like it was the worst day of her life. I think she'd probably been told no, she couldn't have a chocolate bar and she just wanted the world to know that she was in a really bad place. So of course, I crossed paths with the mum again and we had a very knowing exchange of where I was saying, with my eyes, didn't actually say it, I feel sorry for you and she just looked straight back at me and went, no, it's fine, I've got it. Nothing about her changed. This little girl was screaming and screaming, but yet she was so strong. She was so composed. She was so dignified. And I think that we would all be able to think of an encounter like that where a mum was dealing with stuff that would give you a headache and yet nothing about them changed. And I was just thinking about how strong women and mums are in general, which made me think about my own mum. And as some of you would know, my mum... Um, journeyed with cancer a couple of years ago, she actually passed away. But that journey was one of the most forming and encouraging things that I have experienced, watching her deal with it with such strength. And I'm going to read to you one of the verses that she held on to throughout her whole journey, which is now one of my favourite verses. Um, Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. And some of you probably know it. But it says... He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so today, I would love to name my sermon, Soaring on Wings Like Eagles. So one of my favourite animals now is an eagle. Um, And so I loved the opportunity to get to spend a bit of time researching a little bit more about eagles themselves. And 
I hope that you all have had the chance to see an eagle at some point in your life, whether it be out in the wild, which is very rare because you don't see them very much, or perhaps in a video or perhaps in a bird show at a zoo. Um, but yeah, I do hope that you've had the chance to see them. And if not, I encourage you to hop online and find the video after you leave here today. But one of the major characteristics of the eagle or similar birds of prey is that they're very large. And I did some research over the past few weeks just to figure out actually how big these birds are. And it does vary from eagle to eagle and different types of birds, but I got some general stats for you in that their weight can vary somewhere between three and nine and a half kilos. Their wingspan can range somewhere between one and a half and two and a half metres. And they can travel at speeds of somewhere between 120 and 320 kilometres an hour. So these birds are incredibly large. And for that reason, they have to learn to fly in a particular way in order to conserve energy and simply stay alive. So whilst an eagle can flap its wings, it cannot sustain a flapping motion for extended periods of time. Otherwise, they will become exhausted. So they must learn to soar. So when you look at all the times that an eagle is mentioned in the Bible, it's most often referred to as either moving swiftly or soaring. But what does soar mean? It means to main, maintain height in the air without flapping or using engine power. So if an eagle cannot learn to soar, it'll waste too much energy flying, which will affect its ability to hunt prey, which is literally fundamental to its survival and the survival of its young. And so I just want you to have a think about the way that you work through your life. And my question is, are you a flapper or are you a soarer? And I feel as though I can pretty confidently say I spend a lot of my life flapping about. And I definitely, um, I'm sure that other people do too. But the Lord calls us to, in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, he says, don't be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So it's so easy to say, don't be anxious. And we often go to the, but how? I don't know how to do this. And we're given the answer right there. By prayer, by petition, and by thanksgiving. So one of my absolute favourite songs at the moment is a song called Lift You High by a band called House Fires. And it's a very classic modern day worship song in that it's very repetitive, but it's good. It says a point. Um, and there's a very powerful bridge right at the end of the song that says, with everything that's in me, I'll bless your holy name. For my praise is a weapon. And it repeats it, my praise is a weapon. And I've definitely had challenging times over the past few years, as I know you all have, because these years have been wild, the last few. And I often turn back to the lyrics in this song. It says, don't let the rocks cry out in your place. And we need to return the breath that Jesus gave with our praise. And then it brings the question of why did Jesus give us the breath? He gave it out of service so that he could be our intermediary and bring our requests to the Lord. 
And that's such an incredible blessing that we have Jesus available. All we have to do is to call on his name and he'll take our prayers to the Lord. He'll take our petitions to the Lord. He'll take our thanksgiving to the Lord on our behalf. And if you're struggling to think of anything to praise, why don't you start right there? That Jesus intercepts everything and delivers it perfectly on our behalf to the Lord. So I encourage you to stop fighting and stop flapping if you are and let yourself be released into Jesus' hands and let him act on your behalf. And as we connect back to Mother's Day on this point, I just think that mothers serve as a wonderful example of this and I'm sure you can all think of a time where you've gone to your mother or a woman in your life and asked them for their advice or their wisdom, asked them to act on your behalf and mothers do it all the time speaking to people at school or speaking to other family members and helping to resolve problems. And isn't that just a great tiny little example of the breadth of what Jesus does for us in that situation? So now we've got a video coming up, which I'll just get Fraser to load. It's from one of my favourite documentarians, David Attenborough, so I hope you enjoy a couple of minutes of hearing the lovely British accent of David. Griffin vultures in Spain now leave the ledges on the cliffs where they spent the night and launch themselves into the air. With the thermals rising powerfully beneath their outstretched wings, they sail effortlessly upwards. All they have to do to make sure that they remain within the column of warm air. So dozens of them spiral together in tight circles, adjusting their flight with the tiniest movements of their wings and tail. There can be no more economical flight than this. The vulture's ability to read the air conditions above their landscape and detect exactly where the thermals are at their most powerful seems almost uncanny. But in recent years, human beings have also mastered it. When you hit a thermal in a glider, you really feel it. Your stomach drops beneath your feet. Oh! Right away. I'm going to roll into the thermal here because there's one right there. Glider pilots spend a lot of time going around in circles, just like birds of prey do, because of thermal is a rising column of air in order to stay in it, you have to turn. There's nothing to see, though, is there, apart from what's on the ground. You can't see anything in the air to indicate this thermal. Right, right now, this thermal is, there's no cumulus cloud over this thermal, but often there's, if you look over there, you can see all those cumulus clouds. Underneath most of those, there will be a thermal. And that's one of the indicators of lift. That's one thing we will look for. That's what bird look, birds look for also when they fly, I'm sure. Look, feel that. There's a big rocky outcropping. And there's our lift. Look at that. Now you can see that altimeter winding up. Look at that. How high could we go with this? We could probably go to about 14, 15,000 feet with no problem. And do the birds go as high as up? I've seen birds up at 16, 18,000 feet. They're just out there flying for fun. 
How do you know they're flying for fun? Because how can you see a mouse from 18,000 feet? <laughs> Not hardly. <laughs> and they do all kinds of tricks in aerobatics. Look at this, we're really going up now. Yeah, the, the, uh, the pressure on the wing is actually bending them, isn't it? Yeah, the spar is slightly flexible. So when we develop more lift, it makes the spar actually bend upward a little bit. Very similar to a bird. So what I love about that video is that it gives an excellent example of how eagles are able to achieve their soaring pattern. And it's through using the wind thermals, which is like a rising hot air. But it also allows the eagles to reach new heights that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to achieve if they were using their own energy to get up there. For a second, I just want you to imagine that the eagle is you and that the wind thermal is the Holy Spirit. When we completely hand ourselves over to the strength of our God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reach new heights that we would have never have been able to achieve without their help. And what's amazing is that like the eagles where the wind thermal is freely available to them, we have the Holy Spirit freely available to us. John 14, 15 to 16 says, If you love me and you will keep my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So just think about any times where you've felt stuck in your life. Perhaps it might be where you are right now. Perhaps you're feeling trapped in a work situation. Perhaps it's within your family or there is a damaged relationship that you're struggling to move forward. Perhaps it's a broken dream that you feel like you will never be able to achieve. And I just want to encourage you that like the eagles, you find the spirit and you allow him to be your strength and your guide. Um, I love Zechariah 4, 6-7 as an example of the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. I just think it's such an excellent example of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only can God lift you up to new heights, but he can lower any, any opposition in your way. And I've been pondering that a lot recently. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to live in Australia during this time? What does it mean to live in Dural? What am I doing and I think so often we can see our God as meeting our needs as we want them. But to fully rely on the Holy Spirit and to allow it to carry us to new heights, we have to allow it to carry us to the heights that God has in store for us. Predetermining where we want the Holy Spirit to take us is not riding the wind thermals as the eagles do. We need to allow it to carry us to the height that God has in store for us and our body is simply a vessel for his kingdom. Which brings me back to my first point. Are you going to fight and flap against him or are you going to uh, release yourself to the will of the Lord and surrender to it? And so that brings me to the next point. Another thing I learned about eagles while researching them, is that they often have to perch on really high places 
Um, it might be a cliff face or a high tree. And that's because of the size of their bodies and their wingspan. Launching and catching a wind thermal is much easier to achieve from a height than taking off from the ground, but that requires two things of an eagle. It requires a moment of surrender or faith. So taking off from the edge of a cliff, as you saw in that video before, has much more dire consequences than it would be if they took off from the ground. But the reward is far greater. Proverbs 11.28, for those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. And the second thing it requires from an eagle is patience. The eagle often has to wait perched on the edge of a cliff for the exact right wind to come along. It can't just choose to surrender at any point. He must wait. And we too have to wait for God's timing and act in accordance with his will. Psalm 37, 7. Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not be preoccupied with the evildoer who succeeds in his way. So I just wanted to encourage you as well, if you have anything in your life that you're being called to surrender yourself to, just to spread your arms, surrender like the eagles have to when they fly and jump. Allow yourself to be carried by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. For Psalm 52:22 says, he will sustain you and he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And lastly, the last point I wanted to share about eagles that I found out, and there's many, so I encourage you to continue if you're interested. But it links to Deuteronomy 32.10, so I'm just going to read that to start. It says, In a desert land he found them, in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up in its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. So in Deuteronomy, we see the eagle used as a metaphor of a loving and protective parent. And these verses here come from the Song of Moses, where Moses is telling his people to recall and commit to memory God's goodness. He said in a desert land he found them in a barren and howling waste he found them in the most dire of circumstances and was still present and protective of his people he guarded them as the apple of his eye like an eagle that stirs up on its nest and hovers over its young that spreads its wings and carries them aloft here the, Im the image of the eagle is used, one of the biggest and most powerful flying creatures. And I just want you to remember the size of the wings that we spoke about at the start. Well, Moses uses that as the example of God's love and protectiveness for us. And then we flash forward chapters in the Bible where God's love extends beyond that and he sends his son to bear our sin and pay the price so that we have the opportunity to continue to be protected by our loving father. So I might just invite the band up and I'll leave you with four points, for the main four points I talked about today. So the first one is to allow yourself to soar and not fight. Jesus offered us the gift to act as our intermediary. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reach new heights. That we need to surrender and have patience. It's in God's timing and not our own and that we are constantly being protected by a loving Father. 
I might just close in prayer really quick. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that we are able to pause and acknowledge our mums and the women in our life. And we just thank you that you give us so much strength and power through your, yourself, your son and your Holy Spirit, God, and that's freely available to us. And we just thank you so much for your goodness and your never-ending love, God. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.